Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Saunders, and joining the podcast are special guests, Jesus and Rohan. Hi. Hello. How are you guys today? Doing good. Doing good, yeah. We're recording this on a, on a chill, relaxed Sunday morning in Seattle, about as relaxed as Seattle gets, to be honest with you. And uh, how are you guys' quarters going? Uh, pretty good. Uh, it, major-wise, not as well as I hoped it would be, but uh, uh, just, just like chilling as much as I can, mm-hmm. trying to enjoy. It's my second year, so... Same um, here. Yeah, yeah, so it's much more or less scary and just like, hey, let's just chill out. Right. Yeah. You sort of get the gist of how things go. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Pretty good as well, just ready for midterms and mm-hmm. that month's to be over. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel it. I have a few midterms this coming week, uh, the week we're recording this, so a little nervous about those, but yeah. We're all feeling it. We're yeah. all feeling it. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Is there anything else, like, unrelated film-wise you want to talk about for this week, or... Uh uh, no. I mean, I just watched Parasite a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. my God. I walked out, like, mind-blown. Dude, like, it was crazy, right? Yeah, it was. It went from, like, drama to, like, weird to, like, oh, my gosh. But it was so, always consistently, it, like, Yeah, hilarious. it was consistent. It wasn't, like, anything, like, too out of the ordinary or, mm-hmm. like, yeah. It was it, highly recommended. You have not seen it to go out and see this movie. It's playing at... The Sif Cinema Egyptian. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely go check it out if you haven't. Yep. Uh, this will probably go out uh, the week after we're recording this, but okay. it should still be playing at the Sif Cinema Egyptian. I think yeah, it's going it to also start playing at the Regal Thornton up in Northgate. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. Starting November 1st. Okay. Uh, so, that, that wasn't like to correct you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, but uh, seriously, this movie is crazy good. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite of the year, personally. Yeah, it's a, same. Perfect, perfect blend of like comedy and drama. It's yeah. just a, it is surprisingly funny. Amazing <laughs> satire. It I, it was like the most hilarious movie of twenty nineteen, but also it's freaking crazy. Yeah. So I highly recommend you go check that out. Yeah. How about you, Jesus? Uh, you know Disney Plus is coming next month, and why not? That's right. We uh, talk about it for a little bit. Uh, Disney Plus, if you don't have it, it's only seven dollars a month, or you can do the seventy dollar annual charge fee, so you can watch all your Disney shows. Movies, and Under the Disney Umbrella. All right. I think, um, what, what's, what's, what's the new one coming to it? The new live-action one? Uh, the Mandalorian? No, uh, uh, the live-action Disney remake. Uh, Lady and Tramp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's with, um... Tessa Thompson and Justin Thoreau. Yeah. yeah, I think that that that's that's like one of the, that's coming at launch for Disney Plus, right? Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. yeah, as well as yeah. Captain Marvel. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I might might check that out. Possibly. I don't know if I want to buy the subscription, yeah. but possibly. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's gonna be a lot of good stuff on Disney Plus. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I think we're just gonna get into it. Awesome. Yeah. Let's do it. Today, uh, you guys both brought. The movie the, the Departed to talk about. Yes. Actually, we should have talked. We should, we should have talked about beforehand how Martin Scorsese apparently doesn't think that the MCU is true cinema. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Disney Plus and, and Marvel and all that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, 
I think John Favreau summed it up best when he's like, they're geniuses. They have the right to call it criticism, or they have the right to critique it. Right. But like, personally, like I think it's the most important franchise of our generation. Oh, for so sure. So like, I I think, um, I think definitely it has much more meaning to us than probably to them mm-hmm. because they're just an older generation than referring to Scorsese and Coppola who both criticized. Mm-hmm. So I definitely like that's just my opinion on it. Like. I think they definitely have the right to do it, but yeah. Yeah, I saw a Robert Downey Jr. interview where uh, it was it was on Howard Stern. And Howard Stern was asking like, "Oh, like, how do you feel about this? Like, are you upset by their comments?" And he was just like, "Like, it's, it's fucking Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, he can think whatever the whatever the hell he wants to think." Yeah. But he he was like, "Okay, like, it's it's true. Like, they they come from a completely different era of cinema, and like." old people with most new things they're just like yeah it isn't isn't the way like roger ebert has famously said like uh when video games were starting to like really come into fruition like video games aren't really art and he was like a famous film critic yeah uh so it's just people especially the older generations will always think that about new things like they yeah people thought that about rock and roll they thought that about (laughs) <laughs> Every, everything really I mean, so that's always every institution in art is right. always run by old people and old people are behind one generation and so <laughs> pretty much anytime you're gonna have something like especially with awards like the Oscars you're gonna have like maybe your green books instead of your Roma's wedding so yeah <sighs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh did you, uh, Jesus, did, did you watch the Oscars this year? Or, I guess, last year? I remembered, but it was on a live stream, so... Yeah, I don't remember watching it entirely, but I saw bits of it, so... Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. The the Green Book one was a little upsetting. Yeah. Although, Spike Lee winning Best That was best great. Game play, that was so good. Yeah. He jumped up on Samuel Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> That's an iconic moment, yeah, honestly. definitely. That made me really happy. Same with Olivia Coleman winning Best Actress, which I wasn't expecting at all, but totally, totally deserved. Mm-hmm. I, I love The Favorite so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we should, <laughs> we should get into the movie <laughs> that we're talking about. Today, we are talking about The Departed from 2006. It's directed by Martin Scorsese, stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, and a bunch of other people like Alec Baldwin and Mark Wahlberg and Martin Sheen, the packed cast, Vera Farmiga, uh, Anthony Anderson. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this because I, I know him mostly as like a comedy actor. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't expect him. I'm like, I'm like, wait, is that him? <laughs> um, but basically it's about both this undercover cop and a mole who are trying to basically, it's kind of like a cat and mouse chase where they're trying to identify each other and like take each other out all while in the midst of like taking down this Irish gang in Boston. Yeah. It's a super, super interesting movie. Also incredibly entertaining. What do you guys think about it? Possibly I would put it in my number one spot of favorite movies of all time. Um, Just everything about it was amazing from start to finish and every time when I rewatched the film I always noticed little details along the way mm-hmm. yeah interesting um, I've only watched it twice the first time I watched it I really loved it mm-hmm. like I thought it was a fantastic Scorsese movie mm-hmm. um, uh, the second time I watched it which was just this weekend I watched it and I was still as entertained as possible but I was like more nitpicky about it just because I watched it previously Mm-hmm. So it didn't hold up for me personally as as much as it did the first time around. 
Um, but I, I still think it was all around a very solid movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When was the first time you watched it? Uh, probably four or five years ago. Okay. Yeah. When my parents still, well, they still do. They use the DVD plan on Netflix, so uh, <laughs> we they ordered that, and they were like, Please, "Let's just watch it." And yeah, mm-hmm. I know a few people who do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I just use the UW library. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a crazy crazy movie. Yeah. Um, just getting into like little details, I noticed about it. Like, I loved... There's certain parts of the cinematography where it's, it does, like, this deep focus thing. And where it's... I, I, I forget. There's, like, an exact term for it. I saw, like, a video essay about it. But it's where, like, one side of the lens is, like, uh, eclipsed or something. And it's basically instead of where the movie has, um, has like, one point of reference, it has, like, two. Oh, and diopic, so yeah. Yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. Diopic lenses. lenses yeah. They use diopic lenses for a lot of this, and it's, like, it gives a sense where it's, like, usually it's one thing is right in front of the camera and one thing's in the back, but they both have equal amount of presence in within the frame. I thought that was such a smart, clever choice because a lot of this movie is, like, people are turning... Uh, their backs on each other and and they're betraying each other. Yeah, and it's like there's always something lurking in the background. Like there's always that presence of like, who's who's the mole? Who's this? Who's that? Yeah, uh, I love that uh, presentation choice. I don't, I'm, I, I'm not sure if this movie was nominated for like a best cinematography, but it, de- it definitely should have been. It wasn't. It wasn't. I think that's a damn shame because that's one of my favorite aspects about this entire movie is just those dioptic shots. I think are so clever and so well implemented. There's that. There's uh, the editing is really jarring a lot of the times. Yeah, I was. The editing's very noticeable in this, mm-hmm. especially in certain parts. Mm-hmm. I think just the way Scorsese directed this, I think it was personally like a very frenetic way of doing, especially at the beginning when you mm-hmm. have the montages, which is very right. classic Scorsese. Um, and so there was a lot of like. Um, I think it just I think it just mirrored like the very attitude that almost every character had of like hyper masculinity and like mm-hmm. um, going like uh, going from like one to eleven really fast. Right. And so I think I think the editing fits into that like direction right through, and so I definitely enjoyed how it mirrored those like those elements of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. Personally, I enjoyed the cinematography in some aspects of the film especially when Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon are face to face because I feel like that's for a film like this it's more it's more dependent on them to deliver it when they're they're by themselves mm-hmm. yeah no for sure I, I think honestly all the performances are, are really good especially um I wasn't expecting Mark Wahlberg to yeah. be as good as he is in this. I feel like he really takes on that like stereotypical like Boston just yeah like, like uh, hot headed yeah uh, like I'm the shit kind of role like right. uh, like I know I'm in control when I walk into the room kind of yeah. right right he he totally owns it. I feel like Mark Wahlberg I has been really hit or miss yeah especially recently uh, and I I just like. I, I I known that he was like nominated for an Oscar for yeah. this role, and I was like, oh, really? Because like, he's never really yeah. been that good, in my opinion. But then, uh, I honestly think this is like his his best role, other than like Boogie Nights. Like, yeah, he's like he's super good in it. Definitely. Same with um, same with Jack and Nicholson's character Frank Costello, who I guess is like this ringleader of this Irish mob. Yeah. Who is like 
both this like charismatic dude, but it's also just super terrifying and you know he'll fucking kill you. Also you can swear, it's totally fine. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's totally a yeah, okay. podcast. And like you know like he's the shit when he when he says he's the shit. Uh I feel like that's like every character in the movie feels Honestly. like they're the lead of the movie. <laughs> like to some extent, like I feel, I, and I think that definitely is just like again a Boston thing. Like uh-huh. I'm the shit kind of attitude. Um, but I don't know personally for Nicholson, I didn't really like everybody had pretty good accents throughout the movie. The only person I had an issue with was Nicholson in terms of the accent. Accent because he was just himself. He was just himself, like, and he's like supposed to be like this Irish guy that grew up on the streets of Southie and like uh, became the like the boss leader. But he's just like, I don't know. I think he phoned it in just a tad bit for his accent. But like, that's, I that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but I like especially the the cinematography for Nicholson. Like that's what I noticed. Like the first. Like the first five minutes of the movie when you're getting introduced to him, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a great thing to do in any movie, introduce your villain before your hero. Right. Um, the way they introduce him, they don't show his face mm-hmm. in like pure light until right. like the last time. I believe he's talking to he's talking to Matt Damon's character, uh, Colin Sullivan, when he's a kid. Oh, yeah. And he like talks about um, you can be either a cop or you can be a gangster. Uh, but and then he comes into the light, and that's the first time you see his face. And then he says, "But when you have a gun to your head, what do you do? What's the difference? What's the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the difference? Sorry, good catch. Nice. But yeah, um, I think it's just interesting. Like, there's definitely this like like um, atmosphere around him of like being this powerful boss, and so I definitely enjoyed that aspect of what Scorsese did with that character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. So Matt Damon's character Colin Sullivan is basically he grew up with Costello as like so this father figure, right? Yeah. Um and then eventually he gets he goes through this uh the police training academy and gets into the pot the uh, the is it Boston PD? Yeah, it's it? special investigations you Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, he is the one who is the mole within this within the police station. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's this investigation set up when they're trying to nail down Costello where they're like, okay, we know that there's a mole within the station. He's the mole, and he's, like, in charge of finding... Yeah, the mole. The, yeah. the mole. And then, meanwhile, Billy, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, is is undercover working with Costello, trying to take them down, and it's just this whole... Um, it's an interesting dynamic. Yes. It's a very interesting, like... I think cat and mouse chase is, is probably the closest you're going to nail to it. I right. think there's, like, this element of suspense between the two. Like, uh-huh. like uh, especially at that first sting where uh-huh. the Chinese plot, which I found, like, a very weird subplot. Like, the whole yeah. Chinese microprocessor thing. Um, we can get into that later. But uh, definitely you get, you get that element of, like... Of like cat and mouse chase, like they're on their they're each like secretly using their flip phones, which right. is like a two thousand two thing, <laughs> and they're using their flip phones to like make these very complicated texts, and you're like, oh my gosh, he's he's using it right there. And they have all these notice? like when they're on the phone, they have all these these keywords like uh, like dad, I'm gonna be late for supper. Yeah, <laughs> so, so just to just like inform them like where they're where they are like where they're not gonna be where they are gonna be. Yeah, it's it's just everything is everything's so so secretive and 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 like. I feel like, would you say, like, Leo is, like, the audience surrogate, I guess? I definitely think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he's very much, like, the one 
that we all relate to because he's also the one that I think has the least, the most resistance to what's happening around him. Because mm-hmm. he definitely, like, throughout the movie, there's multiple times where it's established that he wants to get out of what he's doing mm-hmm. just because of the amount of heinous things he has to do. And so he, there's, like, this definitely, like, he there's... Even though he's doing it for a good cause, there's he feels like there's blood on his hands, and mm-hmm. as an audience, I think morally we all just we all feel that justification, and we mm-hmm. all agree with that. Right, yeah. and then literally at the end, there, near the end, there is blood on his hands. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a good through line, or yeah. good um, like establishment of that idea. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I know you have a, a lot. I I don't mean to call you out, but I know you have a lot of notes. No, go ahead. So. I feel like you have a lot to, to say about it if you want to add this, if you want to add something. Well, speaking of uh, Jack Milkerson, uh here's a trivia fact for uh, you Cine Phillies. Uh, Martin Scorsese really wanted Al Pacino for the role of Costello because he never worked with Pacino before. But he turned it down. So in result, Jack Nicholson was Scorsese's next choice. And then, you know, in 2019, we would get The Irishman, which Pacino is already on the film with uh, Scorsese. Wait, has Pacino really not worked with? Yeah, it's wild. Until until the, the Irish this year, yeah, I was not aware of that. Yeah, wow. it's a, it, it seems like you. It seems like something that should have happened a long, long time ago. Like you, because like he's worked with De Niro before, like in right. and stuff, and so there's that connection. But like I, I didn't realize that until I heard it on uh, like a video essay, like um, before, like a couple weeks ago, and uh-huh. I was like, oh my gosh, like. That's so wild. I really didn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I. I mean. I. I'm. I'm a little bit unfamiliar. I. I, I should be more familiar because like, uh, I run this podcast. And I'm a part <laughs> You're of film good. Club. You're good. But like, there's so many movies that there's so many classic movies that I still haven't seen. I still haven't seen Goodfellas. I still haven't seen um, and a, a good a good portion of um of Scorsese's catalog. So. Yeah. But no, that's really interesting. I wasn't aware of that at all. Yeah. It, it, it seems like, a, yeah, no, it seems like it should have happened a long, long time ago. I can't imagine, like, like, I can't imagine Al Pacino, like, doing an Irish accent. And on the Boston, like, that personally, like, he's too Tony Fontana and too yeah. Michael Corleone for me to be, like, I can't imagine. I, it would just be, like, I think he would go wild in this mm-hmm. in this scenario. I think he'd have a much less restrained performance than I think Nicholson had. Mm-hmm. And so that that would have definitely been, like, an interesting casting choice if that would have worked out. Mm-hmm. I No, whenever I I think of Al Pacino, I actually honestly think of, like, we're to- Jesus and I were talking about this before you got here, but, like, he... And how uh, crazy and unrestrained he is in that movie. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think it would have been the best choice personally, but I think it would have been. I think it would have been still kind of crazy to see because everyone is like kind of trying to, kind of vying for their place as like yeah. <laughs> as like the lead role. Everyone's all, everyone's got the same wave, like the same energy. Yeah. Which I think is part of the reason why this is so entertaining to watch, mm-hmm. and everything is. Just watching everything go down, especially in the second half. The second half picks up a lot, in my opinion. Uh, it's just so entertaining already. Mm-hmm. It would have, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it would have made the energy a little bit too campy or or what, but I, this movie's already like so fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of fun to watch, I think one of the things that made I don't know if we want to talk about the ending. Should we talk about the ending? Sure. All right. 
So uh, this is a spoiler podcast, right? Yeah, no. Okay, sweet. Yeah. So um, for those of you that haven't seen The Departed, um, we'll just spoil it here for now. Just watch it on Netflix. Yeah, watch it on Netflix. It is on Netflix. It's on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I chose this because I can watch it for free <laughs> without commercials. Uh, so yeah. um, in the end, like uh, what happens is uh, Billy Leonardo DiCaprio's character gets a hold of the tapes that Jack Nicholson's character had with Colin Sullivan, which yeah. is Matt Damon's character. So he basically has proof that Colin has been the mole inside the Boston PD this entire time. Yeah. And so he brings him to a rooftop, the rooftop where previously Martin Sheen's character had died. Mm-hmm. And he basically puts him under arrest, even though he, he's been his identity is not known to anybody, mm-hmm. uh, only to Colin Sullivan. And so also he, Colin Sullivan re- removed his file from the PD. Yeah. And so there's, and so he calls him, and then greatest cameo like of a small character ever, like Anthony Anderson comes up, and you're like, and he's like, dude, you have to help me, like believe me. And then Anthony Anderson's put in this position of like, who do I trust? Billy right. Co- Billy Costigan, the guy that got supposedly kicked out mm-hmm. of the Boston PD, or my boss essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and this so, is right after Colin Sullivan. Uh, killed Costello. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone, everyone within the police department has the right to believe him over Leo. Yeah, yeah. over Billy. Exactly. Yeah. And so you come down the elevator, and you're like, okay, Anthony Anderson's like coming down the other elevator, and this, you're like, okay, you're finally gonna get the justice that you deserve. Mm-hmm. And then, and then opens the elevator, and bam, Leonardo DiCaprio shot in the head, and then it's like. Oh my god! Like I knew that was coming, but that hurt to watch yeah. so much because you just want justice for 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 Leo. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, no, like it's so upsetting. And then like Anthony Anderson comes out of the elevator, and he's like, and he goes into the elevator, and like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's body's on the floor, and then who shot him was another informant that Costello had in the uh, Boston PD, mm-hmm. and so he's there to save Matt Damon. So. Anthony Anderson's like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. He shoots it. The guy shoots him in the head. And then Matt, da- and then the, and so he's dead. And then Matt Damon and the Boston Pete and the other informant are, uh, for Costello, they're like, we have to help each other. And then Matt Damon just shoots him in the head. Right. So like within a matter of a minute and a half, three people that we know, come to know from this movie and two pretty important characters mm-hmm. have like died. Yeah. And so you're like, oh shit. And then he goes on this like media tirade of like I want Leo, I want Billy Costigan to get the medal, uh, the medal of merit, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it comes at a price because in the end, he he comes back uh, to his apartment, the last scene of the movie, and Mark Wahlberg's character is there, and he he's has a gun pointed to his head and shoots him in the head. So, but before that, Matt Damon. Uh, playing as Colin Sullivan, he says, "Okay." While holding groceries, I'm like, "You might, you might as well. Yeah. You know, you might as well take the gunshot." Yeah. <laughs> go, My time has come. Yeah. Finally, and as the audience were like, "Yes, yes. finally, finally, <laughs> exactly." It's so relieving. Uh, and then it's it's um it pans up to the windowsill and it's the shot of like the the building that he had always like just sat and yeah. looked at from, like, the beginning when he was in the Academy. Yeah. And also on the windowsill, there's a rat walking around. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I'm, yeah, a little bit on the nose, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I love the ending of this movie. Like, because it's, it's like, you, you, you 
are mad that Leo is the one that end up, ends up dying, and yeah. it's like there's finally justice at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't realize that that's how it was going to end. I thought it was going to end with just Leo dying and like yeah. this whole thing. It would have been like super dour. I, I don't know if dour is the word, but like you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and I was I was just so glad that justice was finally delivered. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I I it's. This movie is like everyone is turning against each other. Yeah. I, I kept thinking, I thought it was so uh, interesting. There was the one uh, character that gets shot at the one sting, and it's within Costello's crew. Yeah. Um, and then we see Leo go over to check on him. He's just laying on a couch with, with he's bleeding out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, like, I know you're a cop. I gave you the wrong address, but you went to the right one. I know you're a cop. Uh, and then he's like... He's like I, like I wouldn't tell anybody though. I don't know if that's verbatim, but he he didn't end up telling anyone else on the crew. Mm-hmm. Then he ends up dying, um, and then it's found out that he was also an undercover like cop, cop, yeah, for the Boston <laughs> PD. I, that was just such a such a, a cool twist for me. It, I probably should have seen it coming, but. Uh, sometimes yeah, I, I'm, sometimes I'm, I'm I completely forgot things, about yeah. that. In like when it when he's like found in the marshes, I'm like, oh my god, wait, yeah, mm-hmm. this is him. Like this, great, yeah, right. Uh, Billy has. Um, I keep either saying Billy or Leo. <laughs> <laughs> his name, his his character's name is Billy, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I just uh, sometimes when we're doing these podcasts, I'm just like I use them interchangeably because yeah. <laughs> uh, I just forget the character name for a second, but I'm. That, that aspect of it is so tense because he's like you constantly on edge like you don't want Billy to be found out it's just oh my god because you know that there's consequences like in case the like Costello and the crew find out that he's a cop and at that moment you're like oh my like oh my god someone knows someone knows and then he ends up dying yeah and it's like ah <laughs> your tension gets relieved a little bit and then and then yeah everyone finds out that 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 other guy was a cop and it's like okay that was the that was the undercover guy in our crew, and then that he sort of gets relieved a little bit. But there's still that tension there, especially, there at, the, especially at the end of it. Uh, yeah, this movie is just it, it's it very tension-filled. Yeah, it's on the edge. Definitely, I agree. And like, especially for this movie being like two and a half hours long, I because long movies a lot of the times, unless it's like Tarantino, really scare me. Yeah, because <laughs> like I, you know what you're getting with the Tarantino movie because he knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah. But I mean, so does Scorsese, honestly. But um, as someone not familiar with Scorsese as much as I am with like someone like Tarantino, I I'm always like a little hesitant to to watch these movies because I'm like it's gonna be two and a half hours of my time and like what if I don't like it that much? Yeah. Like, if if it's like a ninety minute movie, movie, I can just be like, okay, well that's it's not gonna be that long, so I might as well check it out. But, yeah. Uh, no, I was very consistently entertained, especially throughout the second half of this movie. Yeah. I mean, going back to the ending, one of the things that I liked about the ending, I think I think the, the, the two mirror, because like, you brought up the grocery bag, um, and it's obviously a reference to, at the beginning, the way Frank meets Colin um, was that he gave him a, like a bag, he bought him a bag of groceries, and he's like, if you ever need money, come by my place. Right. And so... Yeah, it's at the end like he's he's with his grocery bag and like he he's avoided specifically by like the woman with the dog that lives on his floor mm-hmm. and so he's walking with his groceries and then it's kind of it's kind of like this circular sim, sim, symbol of like um, 
he wants like sort of this normal life almost and so but that that's like what he symbolizes but like he always is has this grocery bags this like element of like he always has to carry the duty of frank costello just because of his loyalty and how important he was because he mm-hmm. didn't grow up with the father frank was essentially his father figure mm-hmm. so um and so dying that way i think was very like um it was very succinct and it was very uh very like um a telling of like his relationship with costello and his relationship mm-hmm. between crime and what is right and what he wants right yeah he'd always been uh, um inherently tied to that connection with him mm-hmm. and when he died carrying that groceries he finally just lets go of the bag of groceries he's letting go of like everything and his tie with him yeah. obviously so um yeah no that's a really that's a really good connection that yeah. i wasn't thinking about actually but yeah. that's a good detail I just love the flip phones in this movie. It's because <laughs> like I, I I I like I like because um, we live in a time with of course no flip phones really. And then my only my only interpretation of like what phones are in movies in the past is the road. It's like the old like pickup rotary phones and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So to see a movie that's like in between in that between time, those eras, yeah, yeah, it's like completely wild to me and. I told I, I talked about like the the sting operation. The one thing I found completely unreasonable is Matt Damon like in his pocket. Like he can't obviously text during the sting operation from his side, mm-hmm. but him like sending like a very complicated text, like not looking, at, only like feeling the number right. pads. Uh, I thought it was a it's a bit nitpicky, but I'm like you know what, bro? Like <laughs> nobody has those sick of texting skills when you only have a flip phone. I mean, there there are physical buttons though. Like I that, feel like that also might be easier than like if you had a, an iPhone. Yeah, that's true. Because an iPhone is like just like a screen. Yeah, I'll give like, him that. Yeah. Yes, the physical. It's still pretty un- unreasonable yeah. though. I'll I'll I'll, yeah. uh, I'll give you that. Yeah. It's no, it's it's funny though because we see movies where it's like it's got like rotary phones and it's got like phone booths and stuff, and that's like it's got like a timeless feel, right? Yeah. But then this and and then and we see uh, movies with like iPhones and stuff, and, and you're like, okay, well that might be a little bit dated in a few years but like it's now right and this movie's take, taking place in now so it's authentic yeah but when you see movies <laughs> like from this era that have flip phones and stuff it's like okay that it's just a little it's just it's just funny to watch yeah um, it, it never really took me out of it but it, it was like a it was it was funny yeah it was funny for sure what do you guys think about the soundtrack to this movie? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It's I, it's got some it's got some jams. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> does. Like Scorsese, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Scorsese, but Scorsese loves to use pop music in his films, and so mm-hmm. uh, I definitely think like this is like one of his like top soundtracks for a mo- for one of his movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dropkick Murphys, you gotta yeah. include that. Like yeah, that's right. that's such a Boston thing. You cannot include the Dropkick Murphys. Um, you got your Gimme Shelter, which is like. A staple of like a few like it was used in I believe it was used in Goodfellas and Casino. So this is the third time he's using that song for The Departed. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple Rolling Stones songs. There's yeah. um, there's Comfortably Numb, the Pink yeah, Floyd song. That one, yeah. Um, a few other ones. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a great some great choices. What threw me off was the hip hop song when Leonardo DiCaprio and. One of the uh, characters, I think it was oh. his cousin. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that really, that they shouldn't have done that. It was a departure <laughs> <laughs> from the typical soundtrack. <laughs> I think that's the end of the podcast, guys. <laughs> we did it. Um, no, 
I always really like it when when I mean they go for a, a typical score as well. It's not like full on Scorsese where it's just pop songs, but yeah. it's um, it, they they use they use very well. They use to to sort of hype up moments like the one drop dead. Uh, what's what's it called? I'm so sorry. There's one song you're just talking about. Give me shelter. No, the one Dropkick Murphys. Oh, Dropkick Murphys. Murphys. Yeah. Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, the one song is is used. Not very sparingly. It's used like three or four times yeah. in this entire movie, but it's always used in moments where it's like right before a sting or like, yeah, or it's really used to like hype up the moment. Yeah, it's it's, it's a yeah. great song. Um, part of the reason why I also wanted to bring this up, I, if we're done with the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, sure. yeah, is um, I wanted to talk about this movie just because I think it's topically relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only is it a great movie, which I, if you haven't get gotten by this point, I, I think we'd all highly recommend you see this movie if for you sure, haven't. For sure, But um, I think one of the interesting things about this movie is that this is the movie that Scorsese won his Oscar for. Yeah. And so... This was, I think, part of a like a a time when like um, Scorsese really, it felt like he maybe had not get won't get his Oscar because he hadn't gotten it for Taxi Driver, not for Raging Bull, not for Goodfellas, which is pro- arguably my personal favorite of his movies. Mm-hmm. He hadn't gotten it for Casino, and so it's like, gosh, when is this guy gonna get his thing? And I don't know. I think I don't think this is his strongest movie at all I think Goodfellas is his strongest movie but mm-hmm. um, I think I think it's interesting to, to think about how this movie specifically I think part of it was like it was also a weak year for movies 2006 like there was like Little Miss Sunshine was like one of the was one of the nominees and like I forget some of the other ones but it was pretty it's a pretty weak um, best picture category and like The Departed is a pretty good movie but I don't think it's a, a flawless movie mm-hmm. and so I think I think um, oh sorry to interrupt you, you. go ahead uh, the Academy has a habit of of doing that to to people that they've not awarded just like in the past they haven't gotten their their their, their due. yeah uh, so like that's happened with Al Pacino yeah. where he won for Scent of a Woman yeah like after like The Godfather and he, he didn't win for like a bunch of classic roles mm-hmm. uh, it happened here it happened with I think the most notable example it's not like entirely a good analogy or one to one but like uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King a lot of people yeah. think that's like the worst it's my personal favorite but a lot of people think that's like the worst of the trilogy and that's the one that they, they ended up giving like all the awards for and it wasn't like for that movie specifically it was like more just for the trilogy, trilogy. Yeah. as a whole mm-hmm. and they're finally like okay it's over uh, it's all great so we're gonna give it to you now <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and yeah there's there's some interesting politics that go along with awards season and the Oscars like that but um so it's not entirely uncommon. I think it's really funny too that Leo is in this movie, yeah, and, and this is around the time that he was like really in his prime and like really getting nominated for a lot of stuff, and he never won anything until The Revenant. So I think it's it's funny how that ties together. Yeah, yeah, um, it's part of the reason. Just off topic, it's a bit of the reason yeah, why I, I think Tarantino is probably going to win for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think I think um, my early predictions for next year are that Parasite is going to win. Best foreign film. Oh, I think and so then, too. Uh, oh, there's like no question. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I would like Parasite to win Best Picture, but most likely what they're going to do is just give that to foreign film. Yeah. Give foreign film to that, and then have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood win Best Picture. Yeah. And I think like he's easily going to be nominated for like director and yeah uh, screenplay, and then I think the three 
lead act- actors are going to yeah, be nominated definitely. as well. Yeah, DiCaprio, Pitt, and... Uh, Robbie, yeah. Yeah, Robbie, yeah. Yeah. Leo, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he was supposed to receive an Oscar nomination, but he didn't because uh, Warner Brothers Studios didn't want it to like favor him over his co-stars. And he placed him in the leading actor category. So the studio favored his performance in Blood Diamond, which also came out in 2006, which eventually he got uh, a nomination. And he refused to campaign his male co-stars in the supporting actor category. So Warner Brothers uh, bought the no supporting actor ads for DiCaprio, and he did not receive a nomination. Hmm. I, I, I didn't realize that because I'm, I'm looking at the IMDb page right now. And yeah, he was nominated that year uh, for Blood Diamond, where he was also, I guess, the lead role for for The Departed. Yeah. Um, he didn't win. He lost against Forrest Whitaker in uh, Last King of Scotland. But yeah, sometimes studios just like will submit uh, movies for certain categories. And it's like, well, what were you thinking? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like it happened with A24. They like... Uh, a couple years ago, they like put all their money on, or no, it was like it was Amazon Studios. They put all their money on like Beautiful Boy, and like that didn't end up. Oh there. yeah, yeah, that yeah. happens sometimes. Yeah. Although I'm still mad, I think Tim. I think I Tim think Timmy should have gotten. <laughs> Timmy should not should have gotten. I was really over upset Sam about Rockwell. That. Yeah, Sam Rockwell should not have gotten. Sam Rockwell, Rockwell was like a cameo in that. Movie. It was come on. It was a, the best thing I've heard. Is like he, it's an SNL. It's an SNL character extended for like 15 minutes. Pretty and, much. Yeah. And pretty much. Timmy should have gotten it. I mean, the Academy loves their biopics. Like yeah, that's you true. can't you can't <laughs> stop them. Yeah. Um, do you guys have like other pred- this is kind of off topic, but you guys have other like predictions for the Oscars for next year? Uh, actually, I've thought about this a lot. I think I think Parasite wins best. I think the I think the the best actor category and the best supporting actor category is going to be tough because mm-hmm. I think like I I think the five that are going to get it. This is, if I get this, holy cow! For this for actor support for best actor. Okay, it's going to be probably whoever. I think it's Leo for Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. I think it's either Bale. I haven't seen Ford versus Ferrari, but it's either Bale or Damon. Whoever they choose to put up. Okay, that person. I think Robert De Niro for The Irishman. I think uh, Adam Driver for Marriage Story. For sure. And then I think, who's the last one that I had? Um, uh, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but I think those four definitely have a lock. And then, um, yeah, I forget the last one, but I think those four definitely Walking have. Walking Phoenix? Walking, there we go, yeah. yeah. Walking for Joker, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I actually haven't heard a lot of buzz about like Ford v. Ferrari. But maybe it's possible. I, I think I, it, it got solid reviews, and mm-hmm. it just seems like the type. Of, it's like James Mangold's a solid director, right. and like the the it's 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 kind of a biopic sort of, of sorts, and like mm-hmm. it's like a car movie, and right. it's like um, I think it's just definitely an interesting. Like I think I think it's gonna be stronger as like it rolls out into theaters and stuff like that. But yeah, I think that one. Um, I think there's a couple like I think I'm really excited for Marriage Story. Like I've heard like nothing but incredible things about Marriage Story. Yeah. Like, I'm really excited to see that. I'm ready yeah. to just like be super depressed. Yeah, I, see that. I love super. Like it sounds weird, but like I love super emotionally wrecking movies. Like right. like I loved like um that's why I love the 2016 Oscars personally. Like mm-hmm. uh, La La Land was super made me super happy and yet super sad. Manchester just destroyed me. Like I was like oh my god. <laughs> I, like, need to get on Zoloft after this. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to the marriage story. The one that I really want to get way, uh, though I really want uh, get waves in the Bosker buzz is Waves. I don't know if you've heard of this movie. I I really want. I'm really curious to see. Yeah, because it. it's by. If you guys haven't heard, it's kind of a smaller movie. It's by A24. That's released. Mm-hmm. That's distributing it. It's a. Uh, it's by Trey Edward Schultz, which I think is one of the most underrated directors that's working today right now. From my understanding, though, he's mostly done, like, uh, like kind of horror stuff. Yeah, right? he, he, his last movie was a, his last movie was a, a psychological horror thriller. It comes at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I watched that, and I really enjoyed it, even though there were some divisive things about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I haven't seen, which is actually based off of a smaller film of his, uh, a short film of his, but it's called Krish, uh, Krishna. Or Krisha? Krisha or Krisha? Krisha, like yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and that's like, that's not a horror per se, but it's about um, like a, like a, like a family member, like a, in a family, like a family member going to a funeral and then relapsing into addiction. So I think the more common thing throughout his things is like the dysfunctional family. And this one looks very like, um, like, like I've heard nothing but good things about the people that have watched this, even though it's Mm -hmm. a small amount. And so I really hope that gets Oscar buzz personally, but I don't think it will just because it's a smaller movie and And he hasn't really established. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like I feel like if A24 really rallies behind a certain movie this year, it's going to be The Lighthouse. Yeah, that's my guess. I I I think Willem Dafoe is a really good shoe in for like best supporting actor. Yeah, Uh, and then maybe like for cinematography, you're like, I don't know. Yeah, some I I think I think that's the one that's getting the most the most buzz. I think it's because of the the lead actors. But yeah, is there any movies that you're excited for, Jesus? Um. There's a lot of movies, but I don't want to jinx it. So, oh, uh, I mean, I mean, just like anything Joker, that The Lighthouse, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Endgame. Even though Rob Downey Jr. is not going to get that Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I could see. I definitely. I, I think the Academy has very specifically hated to give not has specifically not given like Marvel movies their love mm-hmm. like I'll give last year an exception because of Black Panther right but otherwise like the main categories that it, it's been given to is like visual effects and like every time yeah. it's like Doctor Strange was surpassed by the Jungle Book or like which I think was actually a fair thing but like um, it's just every every year like a, like one or two Marvel movies is nominated in that category and the Academy refuses to give it to that like last year, like they gave it to First Man instead of Avengers: Infinity War, right. which um, I don't know. I think Infinity War had like it was an amalgamation of like every special effects they've ever done yeah. into one movie, and so I was really shocked that they didn't give it to them. But um, yeah, I, I definitely could see. I could definitely see. I don't think Marvel's gonna go all all that out on Endgame just because I think they're kind of exhausted from Black Panther camp- mm-hmm. Oscar campaigning, but um, right. I think it's definitely, like, a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think we're too far out to rule anything out at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think last year is, like, the MCU finally got its due. And then I think it's funny that, like, before any MCU movie got, like, any big award, <laughs> Suicide Squad won an Oscar. Oh <laughs> the Oscar-winning movie Suicide Squad. Yes. Can't forget. That's, yeah. It's the, it's, the, it's the subtitle that you have to say, like, before you talk about Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah. It's Oscar winning, so it must be really good. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. You guys have any closing thoughts about The, the Departed? Or, I guess, um, the Oscars? Yeah. Uh, uh, the Departed? Uh, I don't know if many, uh, many people listening to this uh, know about it, but 
the 2002 indie film. I I, I could be mistaken if it's indie or not. Uh, Infernal Affairs. Yeah. That that film had the same plot, but would take place ten years after the mall and the good the good character uh, to meet up and realize that they are working for different bosses. So so in Infernal Affairs, as I as I understand it, is. Uh, the Chinese film, yeah, like this Chinese film that was kind of that kind of is what inspired The Departed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a remake, and yeah. it's interesting. I think I, t- I heard about this fact when I was researching, but it's the first remake to ever win an Oscar. Yes, The Departed. So, um, yeah, just an interesting fact. Yeah, yeah, look at that. And that Martin Scorsese, he didn't he didn't realize this. It was that film was a remake of a Hong Kong movie until he agreed to direct it. So. In a sense, like because he he wasn't behind the the screenplay at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was not really yeah. a fan. And honestly, the screenplay is pretty weak. Like I, I you read, <laughs> like I, honestly, like the di- the dialogue's just I think boosted by the performances. But like it's right. a it's a pretty average screenplay. Like mm-hmm. it's not something like you you teach any kid or if, if you if you ever wanted to like teach structure or like. Um, what good dialogue sounds like, I don't think anybody would recommend The Departed. Like, in, in terms of, like, screenplays and, and stuff that, like, we've watched, like, in club, it's no, like, memento. Yeah. <laughs> where it's, like, it's, like, airtight, like, all killer, no filler. It's, I, I think you can, you can kind of tell that Scorsese wasn't behind the, the writing department. But yeah. everything that is brought upon to elevate that material is, is so well yeah, done. Yeah, I agree. All, all the performances, the direction, the cinematography, we're talking about the dioptic lens shots, like, are brilliant. Um, I love those dioptic lenses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, I, this is just a really, really solid movie that, in my opinion, probably didn't deserve Best Picture. But I'm glad that Martin Scorsese got his due. And... Yeah, it's just really solid. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend you guys go out and see it. It's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Yeah. So people with Netflix accounts, if you're stressing from midterms and you just want to relax for two and a half hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a great, great film to pick for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's going to be it, unless you guys have anything else to add. I have a lot. I have a lot to say for this film, especially. Um... Let's see. So originally, Brad Pitt was supposed to be cast as Colin Sullivan, but he later dropped out because of uh, Alejandro G. Inarritu's Babel, which was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. 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 <laughs> but in the in the Departed, he produced it under his um, production company called Plan B. So in a sense, you could say Brad Pitt was in the film with Leonardo DiCaprio for the first time. In a way, I mean. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an interesting fact. Like, I thought about that, and I'm like, Brad Pitt's produced more Oscar Best Picture winners than he's acted in Best Picture winners. That's, I think, um, I was looking at his, like, IMDb page, like, a little while ago, and I think he's, he's like, nominated more for, like, Best Picture than he is for, like, yeah. for <laughs> any actors. Like, he's nominated for Supporting in 12 Monkeys, Lead in Moneyball, and then Benjamin Button. Oh, so an equal amount. An equal amount. Oh, like equal amount. All right. Uh, so three for acting and then three for producing for Best Pictures. Yeah. So like those three performances and then Moneyball, 12 Years a Slave, and then The Big Short. Um, but also like Brad, Brad Pitt just can't play any like bad dudes. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's Brad Pitt. You Brad know? Pitt's a really good actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, technically he played one in 12 Monkeys. 
I'm not, I'm actually not familiar with Tool Monkey. I, I haven't seen. Oh, okay. It. Yeah, but he was playing like a like a, a maniac in the film, where he tells Bruce Willis that um, he has like no chance of the future. It's been a long time I've seen the film, so you could correct me about this fact or not. But he like uh, tells Bruce Willis that like if you want to escape, you got to get out of here and all that. Basically, like um, the plot reveals that there's a virus that will eliminate. Five billion people in the future, and Bruce Willis has to stop it, or else they all extinct. Okay, I've I've heard um I've heard really great things about that movie. I I like I have friends that were like, you can just see this movie like back in high school. I just never got around to it. Like I never got around to this movie. <laughs> uh, when Alec uh, Alec Baldwin's character when he reveals Jack Nicholson's mugshots, it's um those mugshots were from his role in Batman. Directed really? by I, I didn't notice that when I looked at it, but I'm like, it kind of looks similar uh, side by side. I'm like, they kind they use the mug shots, but it looks differently because like maybe like of the uh, um, the appearance that it was going for. Interesting. They did the they did the reverse DH. They yeah. they, <laughs> they aged him. Yeah. Uh, huh. No, that because Batman was like what eighty nine or something like that. Yeah. So that's like yeah. a, that's a good. Uh, like 17 years after 16, 17 years, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's wild. I didn't know. That is wild. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now, since we said about Brad Pitt playing as Colin Sullivan, originally this um, Billy Cos- Costigan, Costellian, I don't know if I'm saying that name Costigan. right. Costigan. Costigan, there you go. Uh, it was supposed to be played by Tom Cruise. What? There's all wow. these big name actors that were supposed to be in Wait, this movie. So this movie could have been... Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Al Pacino. Like, is is there any other casting with us? Um, they were supposed to have more females in the film, but that oh, that was never um, discussed, I, I think, or more males or something like that. Yeah, I think the only really major female character in this is, is Madeline, played yeah. by Vera Farmiga, who's like uh, kind of... She's, she's like a psychiatrist who works with the police department and she's like kind of in between we, we didn't get a chance to talk to her talk about yeah. her uh, kind of just caught in between this whole mess of like because she's uh, with with Colin Sullivan and then helping Billy helping Billy at the same time but like she has doubts I guess about about Colin and uh, him like lying to her about what he's he's doing and then Ultimately, uh, Billy gives her the tapes. Or yeah, I guess like a like a CD yeah. of of evidence saying that like he was lying the entire time that he was the mole. Yeah. Um, then he ends up playing that, um, or she ends up playing that, and then gets really upset with him, leaves. But it, it turns out that she was pregnant with uh, with his son. So it's this whole thing. There's yeah. like the the funeral scene where they're both yeah um, they're both on opposite sides and it keeps zooming in on each one and going back and yeah. forth and back and forth. <laughs> and it's this added tension. Yeah, no, a lot of this movie is, is so heightened by its cinematography and by its direction. Oh yeah, it, by the performances especially. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a little little thing. Speaking, they, um, they, 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 thanks for saying that though, because I I forgot to talk about yeah. it. Speaking of performances, I feel like Colin Sullivan's character seemed gay at times. Uh, right in the beginning, he says homo a lot. So I'm like, that's... Oh, that's so you weird. were like, oh, so you were like, oh, he's like, he's he's putting on a front. So like, is that what you're saying? 
I didn't pick up on that initially. Like, that, that's probably, like, a good observation. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think... I personally don't see, like, too much, like, of a role of sexuality played in, in The Departed, personally. But, like, I don't know. That choice... I think definitely, like... I think I said this at the beginning, but there's definitely, like, this sense of hyper-masculinity just within the movie. For sure. And so I think it possibly, like, there... It, it could be playing off of that idea that Matt Damon needs to, like, be more, quote-unquote, secure mm-hmm. about his sexuality or, like... He needs to be, like, the alpha male, the type of guy that is in control of the situation. He's the guy in the room that knows what to do. Um, and, you know, um, Boston isn't exactly the most um, liberal of places at times, right. especially for homosexuals or um, uh, other races or minorities. And so mm-hmm. um, it could be that. Um, but, yeah, I didn't pick yeah, up on Yeah, there's definitely that. Some, some slurs uh, yeah, thrown out in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, it can be a bit jarring at the beginning because, like, they. I think the writer just the writing is just like, here's Boston, like it, it's here's, definite, Boston. here's Boston, <laughs> and it just slides the chips over to the audience's side of the table, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like there may be some undertones of of sexuality, maybe just repression because you have to like be. It's that expectation as like a man in Boston, you have to be like super masculine, and especially like in that line of work. So maybe I I I guess I'll think about that next time yeah. I, I, I watch this. But yeah, I think uh, for this film, it's a surpri- what surprised me about like here's a little nitpick, but the title card when it shows at the party, it comes out like right in the twenty like around the twenty minute mark. So I'm like, this film doesn't that sort of threw me this off. This film yeah. doesn't <laughs> doesn't know when to stop with the title cards. I'm like, I, I thought it showed him some in the beginning, but I'm like, mm, not all of it until like the until the end credits. So I'm like. This film's very different. Yeah, that really did th- other throw me off. I was like, I was like, wait, how far are we into this? And it just came out at a random point. I forget when exactly, but uh, right between when uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character he goes to prison to play the convict. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like it's like a shot of him walking, and then it's like the, the title card, <laughs> and then it goes uh, out of it again. Um, there was. I haven't seen it, but have you guys seen Climax, the uh, Gaspar Noé movie from last year? No, I didn't a- get a chance A24. to see it. Yeah. Uh, Which is on Prime, by the way. So if you have Prime. Is it? Is yes. It? No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, Prime if I, Video. If I wasn't so busy, it. then I'd watch it. But um, uh, no, I, I, I still have to see it. But I've heard that, like, that movie, it the the title card is like in the very middle of the movie like the first 50 minutes happens and then it's the title card oh yeah I heard about this movie yeah yeah Yeah. I know I've heard that movie's just a trip dude but yeah no I'm glad you said that because that that is something I noticed that was like it was a weird choice but I feel like this film um also had the intention to be like Heat especially um when in Heat in that film uh for Heat we have Al Pacino and Robert De Niro meeting up in that one in the diner scene. I feel like that scene is on par or similar to when Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon's characters are meeting in the room for the first time. And I feel like that the, it kind of hypes the movie a little bit because we have these two, we have the mole and the cop, mm-hmm. and once you have those two characters face to face, it's like what's gonna happen? What's 
what's going to build between these two? Are they going to sh- who's going to strike first and all that? Like like what does one know that the other doesn't? You know, like like what do they know about each kind other? Kind of like how Pacino and De Niro had in Heat. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. What, like what are, are they are they going to be playing games with each other? Like what what what's happening here? It's it's definitely got that same energy, that same vibe. So uh, yeah, no, it's a good comparison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else, guys? No, I think I got it. I think that we we talked about all the points. Yeah, I think I got everything out I I wanted to say, yeah. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, I know I already said like 10 minutes ago, like closing thoughts, (laughs) but I guess those are closing thoughts. It's just a really, really good movie. Yeah. A really good crime movie. Yeah. Yeah. Martin Scorsese makes those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen the meme. I think it was posted in, uh, are you guys both in the... The writer yeah. group. The meme that was posted uh, said, like, uh, it was the four MCU movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All the different genres. Yeah. Yeah. And then the four Crime movie, crime movie, movie, crime movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that was funny. Yeah, that um, was great. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at UW Film Club and on Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW. And then, as always, you can find our podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and... Oh, no, I usually always get this right. Oh, no. <laughs> so I said Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and... Apple Podcasts. Yes, there we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're a listener, I can tell. Um... <laughs> And once again, uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Rohan. Yes. Uh, thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for bringing this movie. And um, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>